are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Resurrection. Hello my radio friends, welcome to the program today. With such a varied varied audience as you who listen to this program, no doubt different things happen to you from week to week. Some of those things are problems, some of those things bring joy, and some of the things are just the same everyday experiences with little difference from day to day. We would probably like to have good things, things that bring excitement and happiness to happen in our lives much more often. But whatever occurs, good, bad or indifferent, I want to assure you that God loves you. This week we will take a break from prophecy and go back to more of the prophecies at another time. The reason for this is that prophecy can be quite challenging and, as previously mentioned, is sometimes difficult to understand. This week we will consider the topic of resurrection. I was once chatting to a colleague of mine who was a fine upright, mainstream Christian. We, at one stage, were discussing the return of Jesus, and I was very surprised that this subject appeared to be of little importance to him. And this made me wonder whether the Christian emphasis on living a moral and responsible life was enough. Since that time, I've had some in-depth conversation with a man who's a devout Buddhist. Buddhists have an emphasis on good moral living. Some Buddhists believe in a repeating reincarnation and some in a repeating rebirth and others none of these. Mind you, It is admirable to live a morally responsible life. And no doubt the world is a better place because there are groups of people who do what is right, are trustworthy and have no desire to do anyone any harm. But is Christianity any different to Buddhism if there is only the desire to live upright, clean lives with nothing beyond. Now Christianity is based on the Bible, so let's examine what the Bible says. There are many references to eternal life in the Bible, so there has to be something to say about resurrection, if eternal life is real. The Bible considers death as a sleep, an interruption of life. But the Bible promises 
that those who have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus, who by his death paid the price for our sins, will, if they remain faithful to him, have eternal life. There is no question about that. If you've read any of the Gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you will read of Jesus' death, but you will also read of his resurrection, that of him taking up life again. I know that there are sceptics who laugh at the idea that someone who's died can live again. It's impossible, they say. It's most likely you've heard of cryogenics. This is where people have their bodies permanently frozen in the hope that medical science will one day find out how to revive a frozen dead person and bring him or her back to life again. These people died in the hope of a resurrection, although for them it would not be a supernatural event. The Easter story focuses on the death of Jesus, but it doesn't stop there. Very early in the morning of the first day of the week, following the Sabbath, a number of women came to the tomb where Jesus had been buried the previous Friday. They brought with them the ointments and spices to embalm the body, as they did not have enough time to do it on Friday. When they arrived at the tomb, they found the huge round stone which blocked the entrance to the tomb had been rolled away. When they looked inside, they saw the tomb was empty, and the Bible says they were perplexed. Then two bright shining men appeared. They were most likely angels, and spoke to the women. It's recorded in Luke chapter 24, verse 6. They said probably the most joyful words ever uttered. This is what they said. He is not here. He is risen. The Bible records how the risen Christ spent some time before returning to heaven, appearing to the disciples and others, giving them evidence that he was alive. He gave instructions and comfort, and after he returned to his father, the disciples carried the gospel message to many other people. Many people believed, and this was the foundation of the Christian church. Now, I want to ask you, what happens to Christians if the sceptics who scoff at the resurrection are right? The Bible answers this question in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 17 to 19. It says, If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep, that's those who have died in Christ, have perished. If in this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiable. Now what Paul is saying here, if the resurrection is not true, 
then Christians are wasting their time. If the sceptics are right, Christianity would be a farce. But are the sceptics right? On the other hand, if there's nothing on the other side of the grave, the people who've lived as Christians will not really have lost anything. They will have lived and died, as does everyone else. But if the sceptics are wrong, then it's a different story. The Christians will have everything to gain, that is, eternal life, and the sceptics will gain nothing. The Apostle Paul was totally convinced on this point and wrote very powerfully on the subject. 1 Corinthians 15, towards the end, he's speaking about the time when Jesus returns to planet Earth to take those who've been truly Christians to heaven with him. This is what he says. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, that is, die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? A grave, where is your victory? I'd like to paraphrase these texts to make them a little bit clearer for you. First, though, the word mortal means subject to death. Immortal means cannot die. Corruptible means subject to sin and decay. Incorruptible means cannot sin and cannot die. The Apostle Paul was saying that when Jesus comes, there will be faithful Christians still living on earth. In the past, many of God's faithful followers died. But whether people have died or are still living at the time of Christ's return, everyone that is God's people will be changed. This is what happens. They will be given immortality. They will no longer be subject to death, disease and sin. Death will be a thing of the past. I don't know about you, but I figure it is all worthwhile honouring God in my life to be given such a fantastic gift, such a wonderful privilege as to be able to spend eternity with God with no ending. At one time I was teaching an adult Bible class. I asked my students, if there was no resurrection and consequently no future eternal life, would you still want to be a Christian? The answer surprised me. About half of the class said yes, 
and the other half said no. I asked why. The yes people answered that they found merit in living honourable, upright, clean, decent lives. That is enough reward in itself. The no people said that they thought the whole Christian endeavour would be a waste of time and you might as well go and please yourself in everything you do. Where there are churches which teach that there is no resurrection of God's people, these churches are dying. They teach that there is nothing beyond this life. The message is one of nothing to hope for, no future. Just do the best you can in the time you have, and then, well, nothing. I'm glad to be up I'm glad to belong to a church organisation which bases its teachings on the Bible, which teaches that if we are faithful, then God will reward us with what he has promised, eternal life. I'm glad that many other people are accepting the teachings of the Bible and learning that God loves them and wants to give them eternal life too. Currently, more than 3,000 people join this church organisation every single day. Currently, a new church building is needed every three and a half hours. We'll stop for here for a moment and go on straight afterwards. Yeah. 
In one of the earlier programs, Give Me the Bible, I shared with you a statement which gave the four ingredients to happiness. This is what it was. We need someone to love, someone who loves us. We need something to do, and we need something to hope for. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 29 and verse 18, is this powerful statement. It says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. We could probably say it this way, Where there is no hope or no future, there is nothing to live for. But did you know that not only the righteous, those who honour and serve God, will experience resurrection? The Bible teaches that there will be a resurrection of the wicked as well. In John chapter 5, verses 28 and 9, it says, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. This is saying that all, good and bad, will be resurrected, but at different times and with different outcomes. The good will be given their reward, that's eternal life. The bad will be given eternal death, but will have an opportunity to see what their unbelief and rejection of Jesus would have been, but for their wrong choices. We'll deal with this more fully in a later program. In in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 5, the Bible substantiates the earlier passage about the resurrection of the wicked. It says, The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. I want to deal with this subject more fully later. But briefly, the Bible teaches that there will be two resurrections. The first will be when Jesus comes back to collect and take home with him to heaven those he died for, those who accept his death to pay for their sins. The second resurrection will be later. It'll be at the time when Jesus with the saints will come down from heaven to the earth. The unrighteous dead will be raised and will be able to see Jesus in all his power and glory. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it says, At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven, in earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. All the sceptics, all the evildoers, all those who chose to ignore God, all those who refused God's kind offer of grace, all the unbelievers will be provided an opportunity to see Jesus for themselves. 
This is he who died and who was resurrected and took up his life again and then went back to heaven as the one who intercedes for us. The Bible tells us that everybody who has ever lived will acknowledge that Jesus is real. What will happen then? God will perform his strange act and all those people will be destroyed along with Satan and his evil angels. The earth will be purged of all sin and all evil and God will make all things new. He will recreate the earth. You know, I want to be there to watch that. What about the sceptics who claim that Jesus was not resurrected? Because they refuse to accept Jesus as the Messiah, because they refuse to accept Jesus' death for their sins, because they refuse to accept Jesus' resurrection, they will die at their end of their lives with absolutely no hope. They have nothing to offer as an alternative. They go to the grave bearing their sins and the consequence of their sins. I once read an epitaph that was inscribed on a headstone on someone's grave. It said, Here lies an atheist, all dressed up, but with nowhere to go. On the other hand, the Christians who place their trust in Jesus as their intercessor and master, and because, because Jesus rose from the dead, they will be given eternal life. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. So, according to the Bible, there was and there will be a resurrection. To be part of the resurrection of the saints will be glorious. So, sceptics, you have nothing to offer anyone. Your life is all you get. Then, just nothing. Nothing to hope for. What a pitiable thing it must be to be such a sceptic. But on the other hand, Jesus was raised from the dead and is now alive in heaven. Because Jesus was raised, so can be others. Dear listeners, I don't know about you, but the alternative to following Christ seems to be dark, despairing and disappointing. There is no hope. But in honouring Jesus and accepting his sacrifice as payment for our sins, and because he rose from the dead, the future is bright, beautiful and blessed. But ultimately the choice is yours. Choose wisely. Choose life. So we must end today.
I look forward to being with you again next week. And I wish you joy, peace and happiness. And of course, God's blessings in the meantime. Oh, 